was listening to Steve the other week. Um, apparently, I'd preach a better sermon at Easter if my fly was down, but I checked that before. <laughs> you know, this is uh, the Sunday that we, we celebrate, Resurrection Sunday, and um, this morning I had a resurrection. Um, it must be the weekend for it, Pastor. My um, sermon disappeared at 6 a.m. this morning, uh, vanished from all traces, and then somehow an hour, half an hour later I managed to resurrect it and um, got it back together. So, so praise God. If you've got your Bibles there, let's look at Romans 6. Um, it'll be up on screen. If you don't, that's all right. Romans 6, verse 3 to 5. Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we may too live new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. Now today we're going to be celebrating baptisms and it's just a, a wonderful day. I remember when I was baptized as a, as a, I think I was about 15 or 16, uh, I can't remember in the Marucci River, but it was just a wonderful time with my church family, just gathering together, all, all there and it was just one of those times God just spoke so richly to me and powerfully to me. I've been praying and just placing myself before his throne. But baptism is one of those things that we know in, in Corinthians, Paul talks about is the church together. It's the church together celebrating and, and being family together in that. And today we celebrate that. We celebrate the empty tomb. We celebrate not, not an emptiness of an empty tomb, but we celebrate a fullness, a fullness of a resurrection and a life and an, the essence of our faith. It's, it was the resurrection that turned Jesus from being a madman, some dude that's just walking around saying, hey, I'm God, I'm the son of God, you can have life, come drink my blood and... I mean, without Easter, we just think there'd just be some crackpot that it would have been walking around, but it was the resurrection that turned him from a madman into the very good man that he is and proved that he was the Son of God, that proved that all the things that he'd been saying about himself, because if he said he'd be raised from the dead and he was, well, we can trust all the rest of the things that he said about himself. It's the resurrection. In, in Romans 1, 1, 4 there, it, it says, and he declared to be the Son of God with power, according to the spirit of holiness. Why? How do we know this? Because of the resurrection of the dead. But something more, there's something powerful about the resurrection. And Paul says that not only was it Jesus that was resurrected, but we can be united with him in the resurrection. And, and he uses this word, he uses we can be united with him in a resurrection like his. And I... I, I it's one of those words like, I don't really think it's um, one of these things where it's like owners look like their dogs. <laughs> I always find it humorous how like, like people take these photos. <laughs> really, why would you post that online? I, I just don't understand some of this. <laughs> That's going to the extreme. Now, I remember a few years back when, when, when Audi arrived, and I was pretty excited. Easter's one of my favorite times of year, just because of Jesus, but we also get the added benefit of, of Easter chocolate, and um, I, I, I think Easter chocolate's the best. You get that thin chocolate around an Easter egg, and it just melts, and it's just absolutely wonderful, and I'm a Cadbury fan. Then I found Audi had arrived, and I went in Audi, and I found, wow, 
I can buy like Easter eggs for half the price. I can get Cadbury ones. This is fantastic. And so I grabbed them and I took them home ready to sit down to my breakfast, lunch and dinner of Easter eggs. And I took a bite and found out that even though it was wrapped just like a Cadbury egg, the, the wrapping looked the same. It was the same bright colours, the metallic image on the outside. I wrapped it and I, I took a bite waiting for that sweet, milky cocoa and gritty sugar lacking milk offended my taste buds. And instead of being able to enjoy these things, they ended up in the bin. And I can tell you, they looked right on the outside. It looked like the right Easter eggs, but they definitely were not the same substance. You know, this Easter, we could have We could join with a resurrection. We could join with something that looked like Jesus on the outside. We could do that. We could paint ourselves. We could wear the right clothes and say the right things and put the right things on the outside of us. But this Easter, I want to to join with Christ in a resurrection that's the same substance. Something that's like his. That word in the Hebrew, it's not like our like where it just sort of looks the same. It's, It's of the same substance, of the same type in there. I, want, I don't want just a, a wrapped resurrection. I want a Jesus resurrection that's living in me. See, we can join with the resurrection. It was the resurrection that, that Philippians 2.9 says that Christ then ascended into the heavenlies where everything that was placed as a footstool under him, everything that could be named, is named, or ever could be named. See, he was God and he could have just ascended back into heaven without the cross and the, the tomb and the, the resurrection without all the pain. But instead of going just as God, he came as God and he came as man and he rose back to heaven as God and as man, the firstborn of a new creation, one like us. Now, if that's what the resurrection looks like in Jesus, the resurrection, he said, notice what he said to Mary before. He said, don't hold on to me here. I haven't yet finished what I'm doing. I'm about to, I'm about to go into heaven again and pray for you and declare for you. And that's what the resurrection of Christ looks like. It looks like him sitting in heaven. Corinthians says that he was the last Adam. Adam came and, and, and lived, was perfect. God breathed in some soil and, and spoke life out of some dust. And Adam lived, and we all came from Adam, but we know he sinned, and he fell away from God's best, and because of that, we lived a corrupt life. But notice that it doesn't say that Jesus came as the second Adam, because that would say that there could be a third or a fourth. He was the last. He came from God as a new creation and created a new way of life for us, and he ascended into heaven as a new creation. The Bible says he's the firstborn. Actually, a whole new family, a whole new line of of people that we couldn't have been before the cross and the tomb and the resurrection, but right now we can join with him and we can have that life inside us. What is that life? It's the victory. It says that everything that's named is under his feet. There is nothing. There is nothing that can overpower him. There is nothing greater. There's no car accident. There is no fight within your marriage. There is, there is no children that are going crazy at 4 a.m. in the morning, keeping you awake. There's no, no bickering. There's no, nothing that can happen to our economy that is greater than him. All things have been placed under his feet. And if it's good enough for him, 
It's good enough for us. No, he, he's the first Adam. The first Adam brought sin. The last Adam brought holiness. He changed our picture of death forever. When we looked at the cross, when his friends and enemies looked at the cross that Friday, they, 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 they looked there and they, they saw failure, defeat. They saw that. They all went into hiding. We saw that the disciples were behind locked doors. They were afraid. They were petrified. Their leader had been, been killed and, and, and taken out. It was all over in their minds. They hadn't even got to the idea yet of going back to fishing and trying to make a living out of that. They, they, just, they were just, just frozen in anxiety and despair and depression at that point. And yet, that's not what God saw. That's not how God saw the day. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? See, on the cross we saw that God didn't spare his son's sin. On the cross we saw that God didn't spare his son disease. He didn't spare his son poverty. He didn't spare his son defeat. Why? So that we could lack nothing in health. That we could lack no healing. We could lack no wealth. We could lack no victory. We could lack no righteousness. Jesus was denied everything so that the Father would give us everything. Now, it's this weekend we recognize that and we remember the fact that it's just how great and how willing God is to actually do that and, and, and give us. Notice the words in there, it's, it's, it's with him. So it's, it's with Christ. Some people take this a bit out of context and say, I just get everything I want. Now, there are some limitations as long as it's with Christ in his will and in his plan and in his bounds. But he gives us all things. You know, I don't think when we get to heaven, God's going to sit there and go, you asked me for too much. I don't think our God's biggest concern about our prayer life is that we ask him for too much. I don't think that's what he sits there, the father sits there every day in anguish going, oh man, I can't believe the list that my children have given me today. Oh my goodness, how am I ever going to get through this? I, no, I think, I think his greatest despair sometimes is that we don't ask enough of him. Alexander the Great, he, um, at one time one of his soldiers had won a great victory for him and so he offered him to ask anything. He opened up his treasury and said, ask anything of it. And so the soldier made a great demand of mighty wealth on it. And, and he took it to the, to the man in charge of the treasury. And the man in charge looked at, the, looked at the demand and went, there's no way I'm giving you this. Not a chance. And then it got back to Alexander the Great. And so he, he reprimanded the man in charge of the treasury. He, he took him down and it's like, no, he has done a great thing today because by his great demand on me shows how great I am. You know, if God's greatness is pictured by the greatness of your prayer and the greatness of your demand on his glory, how big is he? If the only God someone saw was how big your prayers are and how big your requests are, how great a God do they see? You know, this is, this is the greatness of the resurrection that he that we see death in a new way. It is our victory. 
It is our victory. The resurrection. Joining with him in a resurrection. He was the son of God. And likewise, when we join with him in the resurrection, we are the children of God. And and, um, Paul says it like this somewhere else. What more I consider... Let's jump back forward a couple of verses. I want to know Christ. I think that's one of the greatest statements in the Bible. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection, participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. I want to know the power of the resurrection. Paul had said a couple of verses earlier, what more I consider everything lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ. For whose sake I have lost all things. I will consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. You know this? Knowing Jesus doesn't come cheap. Knowing Jesus might not come cheap. It might cost you everything you have. Some people it does. Some people it costs them everything we've had. We've heard stories. We've heard of what's going on in Syria. The cost for some people in Syria at the moment for knowing Jesus, it costs them everything that they have. Some have been, been fortunate enough to actually be able to leave, but it still costs them possessions and title and family. But it doesn't come cheap. Knowing someone never comes cheaply. Never comes cheap. I don't know. Maybe you're here and you're, you're married. I don't know if you remember when you were getting to know your spouse, or even getting to know your spouse, but it doesn't come cheaply getting to know someone. I remember getting to know Suze, and um, she's looked at some photos of me of um, time before I knew her. And if she knew me at that point, if I hadn't have made some costs in my life about how I dressed, um, about having hair past my shoulders, uh, it, it, there's been some costs I've had to make to, so that she would know me or be near me, shower. <laughs> I've had to, ch- it's, it's really, I, I, I've even had to watch The Notebook. <laughs> it, 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 there's tough things to know someone, but you know, knowing Christ might cost you everything, but it's worth it. And like Paul, he, he just says that, you know, all my wealth is garbage. My degrees are garbage. All all the stuff I've attained, the piles, my boat, my car, my house. It's nothing. If I had to get rid of all of it just so I could know him, I would do that. I would do just that. In actual fact, imagine this. The more noble the character, the more more it'll cost you. I mean, what cost would it be for us? Like We we know each other and are friends, and you know, sometimes it costs you doing things to actually hang out with people. What about if that person is in government? What if that person's the prime minister? What if that person's the queen trying to give up the time and, and everything, dress right and do everything of accord to know them? What, what's it worth for us to put on a resurrection like his where we are children of God, where we have everything, where we are seated in heavenly places with him and all things have, are in authority to us and we live in that, that victory? You know, some people take it and just grab that. But Paul says that to actually get there, that's not done without putting on his death first. We need to put on the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. Jesus said, take up my cross 
take up your cross and follow me. A couple of weeks ago, we, we spoke about actually one of the things when God comes knocking in our lives after we know him. He comes knocking on the door going, I want that area. We spoke about sexuality with, with the young people making a, a, a statement for purity. He comes knocking. You know what? I want what you watch. I want how you talk. I want the people you hang out with. I want what you put in your body. I want how you think. I just want you. He comes knocking and, and all these things that we need to die to. Jesus died in so many ways. And, and Paul, you know, so often we, we think about this and we think, oh, that's it. Okay, I've got to put on this in my body. Now, some people have taken it to the fact of whipping their bodies and, and, and depriving themselves of good things. Now, he's a good father who wants us to have good things. Actual fact, when Paul says that we are joined with him in his death, he actually talks over and over that Jesus died to sin. And that it's in this death that we're joined to Christ. It's in this death that we're joined to Christ on the cross. It's one of those things that we are joined with Christ through his death. You know, if we want to get to being joined with the resurrection, it's like trying to hop on a bus without buying a ticket. We need to actually buy the ticket and go through being joined with him in his death first. Which is believing. You know, you have died with Christ. Christ died to sin. So guess what? So have you. So have you. We know there's those temptations and those struggles inside us, those things that just desire to get out and just... just ah. But this is one of those things where we don't strive. We don't need to strive. We put it on by faith, the fact that we are dead to sin. By faith, I believe that the sin nature... The flesh man in me has been placed up on this cross with Jesus. And so it no longer reigns in me. It is dead and gone. You know what? There is actually a freedom now because we've, been, we've died with Christ. We have a freedom to not sin. Now, I understand that might not be your experience. It's not mine all the time. Sin still wants to reign in me. It still tries to reign in this body and get out. And there's still things come in my head and my eyes and... You watch TV and you can't help but things come in there and tempt you and pull you out. But instead of having to listen to that, by faith we sit there and say, no, you have died. Get back up on that cross, you flesh, dirty man. We have died with sin. And notice it's not a strive. We just hold that by faith, even if we feel it or not. This is one of those things that we grab by faith because you can't change yesterday. And then if we have died with sin... And if we have died with Christ, we've also been buried with him. And we've also been placed in that tomb. Now, the thing when our sin nature is buried, that means it doesn't have a grasp on us anymore. But I think um, there's enough sort of zombie movies and stuff and living dead movies around that we've seen some things. Sorry for speaking zombies in church. Please don't send me a message. Uh, but, but it's sometimes like after, after that nature's been dead, it tries to reach back up and grab hold of you. It's like, no, you've been put to death, sin nature. You've been put to death. I can't believe that's coming up. I thought I'd dealt with this temptation. I haven't done that in 10 years, but now it's rearing its head again in my life. I can't believe, you know what, I haven't sworn in, in, in six months, but I can't believe it's coming up. I haven't, I haven't got drunk, but now there's that... Oh, that desire just for the bottle again. I haven't looked at the screen. I haven't looked at porn in, in three months, but the desire is trying to reach back up and tell me that that's who you are and what you do. And again, 
by faith we say, no, you're dead and buried. You don't have a hold on me anymore. Get back in your grave. Get back in your tomb because I've been buried with Jesus. Don't need to get up anymore. But then we've been raised with Christ. We've been raised and joined in a resurrection like this. And this is where we get active. This is where we get active because we put on, no longer are we slaves to sin, but we're slaves to righteousness. We put on the things that he calls us to do. What, Lord, you've called me, you want me to pray? I can't pray. You've called me to worship. You've called me to, to love. You've called me to speak nice things to people. You've called me to actually smile. Okay, I'll smile. I'll put on righteousness. I'll put on joy. You know, this is one of those things where we know we've put on the death, the burial, and the, the resurrection of Christ when it becomes repulsive to us to even consider that we could continue on sinning. Paul says at the beginning of Romans 6, what shall, shall we go on sinning? By no means. Why? Because it's something that repulses us. Now, I understand, because I live it, that sometimes this doesn't play out in our lives and sometimes sin still rears its nasty head and we, we fall into it and give into it in the trap. Does that mean none of this has happened? By no means. Get up again by faith and declare this is where you are and how you're living. You know, it's not possible for the resurrection life to be in us and want to continue to sin. It's not possible for us to go, I've been joined with Christ. And because of that, yeah, no, I'm just going to go continue on living how I did yesterday. If we've been joined with him in life, we've been changed. The resurrection's changed. Notice how Mary didn't even notice him. He'd just come out of the tomb. She saw him a couple of days earlier. It's not like his beard had had time to grow down or his hair grow out. or anything. There was, There's a newness to the resurrection life. And it changes us. And we're a changed people. We put on the children of God by faith. You know, this morning we're going to celebrate life death, burial with some people as they go down into the waters. But it's one of those things. We took communion on Friday, but I just thought today, as we speak about this again, what a great day to celebrate again the full aspect of Easter. The fact that today is a freedom day. Today is just that heartbeat of freedom. And this morning as we come to the table and as you come to the table, there might be areas of your life where you just feel like it still has control where that old nature is still gripped on you and holding on to you and trying to pull you down and and, and pull you back and hold you in. And this morning as we come to the table, by faith, grab hold of that bread and that wine and, 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 and partake in it and go, no, in Jesus' name, my sin nature is dead. It is buried. It has no hold on me anymore. And by faith, take hold of that risen nature this morning. You know what? you know what, there is enough power in your faith believing what God did today to break addiction. You might be here this morning and there's addiction on your life. There are things that are holding you and you're just like, I can't get free of that. You know, this morning, I just release the power of God in this place for that. Just to break addiction over your life. Lord, we just thank you as we just come this morning to your table. We come and remember the fact that you were You were crucified, your body broken, your blood shed, you were buried, but Lord, you rose again, and that you were alive then and you're alive today inside us, 
Lord, and we just come and just ask, Lord, that we would be joined. Father, we join ourselves, Lord, to your death. Lord, that sin would reign in us no more. We join with you in your burial that it would not hold us anymore. And we join with you in your life, Lord, that we would live righteously, that we would live in holiness, that we would live in victory. Lord, proclaiming your kingdom, being children of God who see your kingdom come where we are, Lord, in the aspects of all we do and say and think. Amen. Those that are serving, please come this morning. Amen. Hey, will the Lord's open for all those who would call on him today? Uh, those that are being baptized this morning after you receive communion, why don't you go get changed and so we'll get ready for that as well. Amen. United with him in a death like this, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. Our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. This is what's happening today and this is the statement acknowledging the decision that you've already made in your heart and with your mouth that you are Christ and that he is yours. And today, this is the signification that sin has no longer a part in you. It is dead and buried. And that's why Peter goes on and says it gives us a clear conscience. We don't have to feel guilty anymore because it's all been up there and it's been dealt with there and we don't have to hold on to any of that stuff because that's old man doing that. We're new person, man, woman, doing those things. And we actually have a freedom to live the holiness before God. It is amazing. Like, it just seems such a simple act, but it has the power to transform. And it's wondering. And so I, I just want to ask you this morning, and there's one thing I need to ask you first, really only one question that's important, is have you received and acknowledged that Jesus is Lord of your life? Some sort of response is, is good there, yes? Yeah? Indeed. Amen. Have you acknowledged that you had a life of sin? Yeah. Have you acknowledged that Jesus is the only freedom for that? Amen. Amen. I just want to give you guys an opportunity now, and I know I really haven't spoken this to most of you, and so here's the five-second prep before the, before the thing. Is, um, it's always nice just to hear from people about why they're coming or what's stirred in your heart this morning to bring you here. And, and it might be as simple as I just need to do it, um, or there might be some more in that of what the kingdom of God's looking like right now as you just come to this. So I just want to... Just give you the opportunity, and I'm going to give it to everyone, so you have the forced opportunity uh, within all that. And, and now let me ask, is someone ready to just be bold and go first? Oh, sweet Peter. I'm acknowledging that I am the son of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Amen. Come on. Come on. I acknowledge that I'm the daughter of Jesus Christ and that I'm willing to walk alongside him. Yes. I acknowledge that I'm a daughter of God and I'm doing this 
because I need to. Yes. Yes. I acknowledge that I'm a son of God and I'm starting anew. Come on, buddy. I acknowledge that I'm the son of God and I just want to do it. <laughs> I acknowledge I'm the son of God and I want him on my walk. Nice. I acknowledge I'm the son of God and that he can walk in my life. Amen. Um, I'm doing it because a certain old bloke who I saw at um, a, spring, a certain Springwood um, church who caught my attention. Um, and I just want to acknowledge to Bruce. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> and I'm here today and I walk with Jesus every day, but I want to receive the full measure of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 So, yes, if you're um, here taking photos as this is going to happen, please make your way to the front and... and you guys, I can't just, I'm going to be, you guys are in church and this is awesome. I want you to be in church every week, establish a good pattern and habit. You are, I know. High five for that. Yes, yes. Great, great. Can I ask that, can I move you over a little bit so that we can have photographer people sit here? People that want to take photos. There's lots of seats, just back a couple or here or there or that and just, because people want to take photos and that. Heaps of, on the floor, just here. Just be close. Mario, I know you want to be here. Don't run away. Awesome. Fantastic. Absolutely sweet. Can I ask pastors and elders to come join us? Because we want to pray into, and like Margie said, we just receive what the Holy Spirit is doing with this as well. We're um, trying it up here for once so that we can get more image in it. So this is going to be interesting. Um, so I'm going to ask you guys to come over here and just form a line. Those for baptism, we come over this way. Come over this way. Amen. 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 So um, here we go. Who's coming first? I, let's just get me some first people. Come on, Brownie. Now, dude, I, I'm going to be honest now. I've never called you anything but Brownie, nor do I know that you've got a first name. That's good. That's good. Do you actually have one? Or, or? Surprisingly, yeah. Oh, awesome. Can I know what it is? Lachlan, fantastic. Sorry, hop in the water, man. Help us out here, B. Kneel down. Not as cold as the lake last week. Yeah, it was. Hey, Lachlan, we're just going to help you down under and, and back up, so don't swallow the water. It's not like the lake last week, but it's okay. But um, Lachlan, we just baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Arise new in his life and in his power. Amen. Amen. We'll just get some pastors and elders praying for Lachlan as he comes down. And... Come up, man. Come on, Sean. Up in there. We're just going to get a bit more. Amen. You're all right. You're only being a bit. Sean, we just baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Arise in a new life, fresh in Him. Grab a towel, man. Come on, Tom. Kneel down, man. 
Thomas, we just baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit arise you in his life and fullness within you. Amen. Cole, come up, man. Come up, Cole. Haley, are you coming? You guys, you guys coming? Yeah, please do. <laughs> I'm here and baptize. Caleb, we just baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Arise you in his life and fullness within you. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, where's Come. You want to come? Up here. Just dad. Dad's here too. Fantastic. <laughs> I love legacy. Isn't legacy or something? we just baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. If there's family here, come join us. You're coming up. Come on, Lise. Come on, Lise. Next we just baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Arise in newness of life and power within you. Come on, Kita. You coming, Mum? Kita, we just baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Rise you in His life and fullness within you. Amen. Where's Pastor Bruce? Pastor Bruce, come, come help us here. you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Rise in you in his flesh and his goodness of life. My hair got in my eyes. Yeah, hair got in your eyes? Yeah, well, we'll hang on. We missed you a bit, mate. There we go. <laughs> Come on, Joan. Baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Rise new in His life and power within you. We just ask for the Spirit and Your power inside. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Spirit. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Let me ask this question. Anyone else? Anyone else? Maybe you're here this morning. You made a decision for Jesus, or maybe you're here and you haven't yet made a decision for Jesus, and you want to do that. And he's like, I just want to celebrate that. So 
Let me ask, if you want to be baptized this morning, we're already here ready to go. <laughs> Amen. Go for it, Jeff. We're just going to pray. And I just ask, just stretch out hands if you've got something in the kingdom of God for someone here. Um, why don't you make sure you share that as well? We're just going to, let's just pray and release the kingdom and the power of God over as the worship team just leads us in. Amen. Oh.